It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, of course, Julian Council, back with you again, talking all things Carolina Panthers, and that's why you guys are here, of course, and that's why you come to the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can hear your team every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's what we do. And if you want to hear not just the Panthers, but you want to hear some NFL stuff going out there, some NFL pods that we have across the network, make sure to listen to Peacock and Williamson, NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Lockdown's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, move around the NFL. Get your picks previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, which is what you can also do here with the Locked On Panthers Podcast, where you can go rate, review, and subscribe, please, on Apple Podcasts. You can find me on Spotify. You can also check me out on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and all the locations where you can find podcasts on the internet. Also, Please make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where I will want your participation every Friday throughout the offseason with our weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. On today's show, a few free agents available that the Carolina Panthers might take a look at as there's still a couple holes that they could possibly fill before heading into training camp in presumably Spartanburg, South Carolina later this summer. I guess we're still technically in spring, but we're heading to the summer soon. Then, looking at Matt Rule, he's heading into year two. Let's take a look back at some of the former college coaches and how they did as Matt Rule is heading to the second year with the Carolina Panthers. And what can really be expected of him? And can he be the guy to eventually get the Carolina Panthers to the point where they've wanted to be for a while? David Tepper's giving him the money, but do they have the right coach? Going to talk a little bit about Matt Rule on today's episode. But first, let's start off with pressure. What player, what coach, what rookie... And what veteran, so four, what four guys on this roster have the most pressure when they fit into those categories? And let's start off with, I think, probably the most obvious one. When we're talking about just overall player on the Carolina Panthers roster who has the most pressure on him, and it's going to be probably the answer to most of the 32 teams in the NFL when asked this question, what player has the most pressure? It's the quarterback, right? It's Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is traded here from New York. The Panthers were able to get most of those picks back, giving up a second rounder in next year's draft, but they already got back the fourth and a sixth rounder when they traded away Teddy Bridgewater to Denver, and then they did some maneuvering, and they were able to fleece Houston Texans for a fourth rounder in 2022. So Sam Darnold, the draft pick, is paid in full. Now, the Carolina Panthers did exercise his fifth-year option, giving him $18.8 million fully guaranteed no matter what for the 2022 season. They did decide to take on Sam Darnold. 
instead of drafting Mac Jones or Justin Fields, who were available. They decided to have Sam Darnold instead of sticking with Teddy Bridgewater, who they paid a lot of money to last year and ended up paying $33 million for one single season. And by the stats, Sam Darnold was a worse quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater. Now, we've been over the reasoning behind why he struggled in New York and all the excuses that are out there. But now in Carolina, there are no excuses. You have Christian McCaffrey. You have DJ Moore. You have Robbie Anderson, who he had a good connection with in New York. You had Dan Arnold, who I think actually might be one of the key free agent signings for the Panthers, considering just how bad they were in the red zone. When you look at it, you don't have... You know, that red zone option last year. Now you have Dan Arnold, so that's going to help out Sam Darnold. Christian McCaffrey, of course, already said it's coming back. Uh, you add some of the guys through the draft, like Terrace Marshall. David Moore, of course, was signed as well. Shai Smith. There's plenty of talent on his Panthers skill position roster, at least portion of the roster, for him to have a lot of success in Carolina. And you also add in Joe Brady, who, when I look at the coaches, he has to have the most pressure going on to him um, here in 2021. Why? Well, he was the Wonder Boy, right? And if we go back to last week, Teddy Bridgewater, his comments about, I mean, we're moving on, of course, but his comments about, you know, Joe Brady, you know, his maturation. He And he talked more on that podcast that he was on with Patrick Peterson about how cool it is to have seen Joe Brady go from where his role was in New Orleans to going to LSU and having that fantastic offense in 2019 with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and all that talent, Terrace Marshall, of course, into now being a play caller in the NFL. Last year was his first time calling plays. You look at the situations of week one, handed the ball to Alex Armand, still giving it to Christian McCaffrey, the miscommunication that there was at the end of that Denver game with him and Teddy Bridgewater. There's certainly plenty of questions about Joe Brady heading into year two. And he is a guy who also interviewed for a couple of jobs last year or this past, this offseason rather. And you would think that his name is going to be one of the top names once again, heading into the 2022 head coaching cycle. So Joe Brady has Sam Darnold now. He has all these weapons back. And these are guys who had career years last year, like DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and Mike Davis, who's no longer a Carolina Panther. Same thing with Curtis Samuel. He's also departed. I got to think that Phil Snow you saw what you wanted to see out of him last season. I, I feel like the defense improved, which I talked about yesterday. And he's been a defensive coordinator before, like in college. But Joe Brady had never been an offensive coordinator in his career, whether it was in high school, it was in college, or in the NFL until last season. And if he wants to be a head coach, it's going to be pretty dependent upon how his offense performs, particularly how the quarterback Sam Donald performs. Now, who else has pressure when you look at the rookie class? It's got to be J.C. Horn, right? Eighth overall, first defensive player taken off the board when the Panthers could have taken anybody. Patrick Sertan, another corner, goes to Denver at ninth overall. The Panthers said that they like J.C. Horn more than him. They also said that night that they project him being a day-one starter. So J.C. Horn's going to have to go up against potentially Michael Thomas or then Julio Jones or Calvin Ridley, or he's going to go against Kyle Pitts. Um, you're also going to have to face Chris Godwin or Mike Evans. Antonio Brown, all the weapons the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have. That's a lot of pressure on J.C. Horn to end up being the right guy for the Carolina Panthers, especially if this veteran, who I think has the most pressure when it comes to veterans, Dante Jackson, doesn't end up performing to the standard that's going to get him a new contract here in Carolina. Dante Jackson has had his ups and downs. He's had difficulty being coachable. He was... 
one of the most ridiculous things happened when he was benched by Perry Fuel, the Panthers interim coach a couple years ago. Dante has not listened to veterans. He's not listened to coaches. But last year, it seemed like he really meshed well with Matt Rule and his coaching staff. But he dealt with the injury. Now they bring in an A.J. Boye, who I don't think the Panthers are projecting to be a starter as of right now, especially since he's not going to be playing the first two weeks of the season because of the league suspension. But he has the capability, if he can get back to his form back when he was with the Jaguars and Texans and get away from what happened to him last year in Denver, that he could take over Dante Jackson's position, especially if the Panthers plan on having J.C. Horn be their day one starter. So when I look at the guys who have the most pressure, when it comes to players with the Carolina Panthers, just overall player, it's got to be Sam Darnold has the most pressure. He's coming to Carolina. They're betting on him. They decided they want a rookie quarterback. They've already given him $18.8 million. Go out there and play. And if he plays well enough, he might go ahead and get that second contract. Joe Brady, you were the guy. Panther fans were so excited. But last year, the offense left a lot to be desired. And maybe you could come, you could put some of Teddy Bridgewater's struggles on Joe Brady. He also didn't have Christian McCaffrey. So now you have Christian McCaffrey, hopefully, for a 17-game season. How innovative can you be? J.C. Horn, eighth overall, number one. And you're wearing number eight because of the draft position, but mainly because of Kobe Bryant and that mama mentality. Okay, bring it. We need to see it here in Carolina. Not next year, like right now. So there's a lot of pressure on all of these guys and Dante Jackson as well. So when I'm looking at the 2021 season, those four players or those four individuals on the Panthers roster slash coaching staff, those are the four that I'm looking at to see how do they handle the pressure heading into 2021. Now, Matt Rule, I think without being said, also has a level of pressure on him as being the Carolina Panthers head coach and being one of the highest paid head coaches in the NFL and being one of the handful of college coaches that became first-time NFL coaches directly hired from college. Going to look at how some of those guys performed and just general expectations for Matt Rule as we continue to look ahead to the 2021 season. Hey, Panther fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT to 231-231. This unique, man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Nugenics Total T is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. And like the TV ads say, she'll like it too. If you're over 40, don't let age get in the way. Get your edge back with Nugenics. There's a reason Nugenics has been the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC for years. It works. Plus, text now and include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text draft to 231 231. That's draft to 231 231. Message and data rates may apply. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
if you've been listening to the show since I've taken over, you won't be surprised by me saying that I was a little bit of a skeptic when Matt Rule was hired by the Carolina Panthers. Not saying that I didn't want Matt Rule. I just looked at it as this is a college coach. And traditionally, outside of a few guys, college coaches have not done well their first go-around in the NFL. Now, when I was hosting on WFNZ and I was a producer, I filled in for Mac and T-Bone around the Christmas holiday a couple years ago, and that was when we were trying to figure out who the Panthers head coach was going to be. My top three candidates. When you can go back, you can ask, you can look at the receipts. My top three candidates were, number one, I wanted Eric Bieniemy, the uh, offensive coordinator with Kansas City Chiefs, who still has not been hired for an NFL job for whatever reason. I have no idea why. Maybe there's something more to it. But it's weird to me how the Chiefs can have an MVP season with Patrick Mahomes, and he's the OC, and then they can win the Super Bowl and have Patrick Mahomes be the Super Bowl MVP. He's the OC, doesn't get a job. And then again this year, Patrick Mahomes takes them to the Super Bowl. They lose this time, but he was fantastic in that game despite running for his life and having a very poor offensive line, which the Chiefs addressed, unlike the Carolina Panthers in the offseason. Um, and he still didn't get a job. I don't know. Most times... You get a job for that. Like, Joe Brady seemingly was going to have a better opportunity to get a job when he had a 5-11 team, even though he did have four guys go over 1,000 yards, and that was one of the only teams in NFL history to do that. And the Panthers also, I believe, the only team in NFL history to have that happen and then not have a winning record or even make the playoffs. So, yikes. Which, not all on Joe Brady, new quarterback and all that kind of stuff. But still, sticking back with Matt Rule. College coaches, and he was my second guy. I either wanted Vietnamy, Rule, or Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, first year in Dallas. Yikes. Had Dak Prescott been healthy, things probably would have gone better. That was a terrible defense. Now Dan Quinn, former Falcons coach, is going to try and fix it. Good luck with that, Dallas. But Dak is healthy. The Cowboys, because they have a quarterback, should be a team in a bad division in the NFC East where he's going to be the best quarterback in that division without question. Philadelphia doesn't still have a quarterback. Uh, the Giants, Daniel Jones, Charlotte guy, whatever, but they're not good. And in Washington, they're rolling with Fitzmagic, who has never won or taken a team to a playoff game as their starting quarterback for a full season. So the closest time he came was in 2015 with the Jets, and then he crapped his pants in Buffalo in Week 17. So Dallas seems like they're going to be fine. But either way, Mike McCarthy wasn't great. He talked about how he got a PFF subscription pro football focus and how he did, did analytics now and people thought he was awesome well it turns out he's the same old mike mccarthy that aaron Rodgers didn't want in green bay and now aaron Rodgers wants out of green bay again because he's now upset with the gm and then not telling him that they were drafting jordan love he's also super petty all that being said matt rules my second choice and he was a college coach now going to year two certainly there's going to need to be things that are addressed The clock management situation that happened in Minneapolis in that Vikings game is inexcusable, and that falls on the coaching staff. Yes, Teddy Bridgewater should have hit DJ Moore. I don't care what kind of confusion there was between him and Joe Brady and getting a call in late there. I don't care. You can't miss that throw. You can. But still, the coaching staff should have never had to the point in that game where the Vikings had still almost two minutes left to go down the field to where they eventually took the lead for good. And then also, the decisions that just trot out Joey Sly constantly for these long field goals, I don't understand what he thought 
was going to happen in those situations. I don't know what Joey Sly is doing in the bubble or on Cedar Street, but certainly he cannot be showing you enough to where you think this guy, who's one of the least accurate kickers in the league, is going to set an NFL record. I don't care how close he was with the New Orleans Saints. The one in Kansas City, pure shank. The one against the Vikings, which was 54 yards when he should have made, shank. You can't rely on that kicker. So some of the decisions he made last year, I was just very puzzled by them. The decision to bring in Teddy Bridgewater and to give him that contract, and then a year later to get rid of Teddy Bridgewater and to bring in a quarterback in Sam Darnold who uh, has been worse than Teddy Bridgewater. Hopefully he's going to be better, but he's been worse, and there's reasons behind it, certainly, but there is no argument against that Sam Darnold has been a bad quarterback in the NFL. There's a lot of things that you can question Matt Rule on. Now, at Baylor and at Temple, like Temple, y'all, they don't win at football. That's a bad football program historically. And under Al Golden, who eventually parlayed that job into the Miami job, they've been able to win. They were able to win at Matt Rule at a level that Al Golden even take them to. He did a fantastic job there. Bruce Arians, who, Super Bowl winning head coach, did a great job with Arizona, has done a great job in only two years in Tampa Bay, and they're going to run it back this year. He didn't even win at the level that Matt Rule won at Temple. Then Matt Rule goes down to Baylor after Art Browse had turned into a fantastic program, a Heisman Trophy winner of Robert Griffin III. You had guys like Bryce Petty that were really good quarterbacks. Um, and then everything went to hell based off of just the sexual allegations and rape that were going down there at Baylor and Art Briles not even controlling his program, him getting fired. Matt Rule goes there, takes over their 1-11, and he turns that team into a team that was so close. I mean, they were on their fourth-string quarterback, or whatever, third string, whatever it was, in the Big 12 championship game, and they were taking Oklahoma and Jalen Hurts to overtime, and they had a chance to win that game. He's a good coach, when it comes to turning around college programs, there's no doubt about it. And that's what David Tepper said. He's a program builder. There ain't no doubt about that. But the question is, in the NFL, where, yes, there's a lot, there's a level playing field, and for you to go to Temple and to get them to 10 wins and to go to Baylor and to pick it up from where they were and to get that team to 11 wins, that's phenomenal. And it's two of the better coaching jobs that have occurred in college football in the last decade. And honestly, when you look at the Baylor one, maybe one of the greatest coaching jobs that's ever occurred in history of college football. But this is the NFL. Things are different now. And he's learned, certainly after one year. But when you look at some of the guys since 2000 that have taken over men, NFL head coaches for the first time coming directly from college, there have been, let's say, mixed results to just flat-out bad. Butch Davis with the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland, of course, historically doesn't really win anywhere anymore, but they have now with Baker Mayfield. Kevin Stefanski, last year was a great season for the Browns. ton of talent, seeing that they actually have things figured out there with new general manager Andrew Barry. Butch Davis was 24-35 with the Browns after coming from the University of Miami. That Miami team he left went on to be one of the best teams in college football history and won a national championship the next season. Steve Spurrier left Florida, his alma mater, where they have a statue of him, and they've now named the field off of him to go to Washington, 12-20, not a great situation. Nick Saban, the greatest college football head coach in history. 15 and 17 with the Dolphins. Bobby Petrino, <laughs> 30 and 10 with the Falcons, and he's kind of been a galactic failure since going back to college as well. Greg Schiano, who tried to run a Buccaneers like a college program, 11 and 21. Doug Marone, from Syracuse to the Buffalo Bills, the Jacksonville Jaguars, 15 and 17 when he was in Buffalo. Then he did have some success in Jacksonville, getting them to an, a an AFC championship with Blake Bortles as their quarterback, which. 
holy hell, how is that even possible? So Doug Marone actually did a fairly decent job, but that was kind of his second job in the NFL, not his first job. So his first job in Buffalo did not go great. Jim Harbaugh is one of the success stories. 44-19-1 in San Francisco, but he did kind of wear on people throughout his tenure. Took him to two NFC Championship games, took him to a Super Bowl, of course, lost to his brother John down in New Orleans before leaving and going back to college with the University of Michigan, his alma mater, where uh, he hasn't necessarily lived up to what they were hoping he, he would do. Chip Kelly had a 10-1 season with the Philadelphia Eagles, 26-21. Then he goes to San Francisco, doesn't do great. Bill O'Brien was only at Penn State for what, two seasons after all the Jerry Sandusky stuff. Goes to Houston and, for the most part, seemed to be pretty successful. And on the outside, it seemed like people liked Bill O'Brien until the comeback by the Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional round uh, two years ago. Then last year was a galactic failure where he trades away Nuke Hopkins. Doesn't tell Deshaun Watson about that. And their team is terrible. He gets fired within the first couple weeks of the season. 52 and 48 is still pretty good. And he was more of an NFL guy, having been with Bill Belichick and New England Patriots. Now, Cliff Kingsbury is one of the more recent guys who wasn't highly successful in college at Texas Tech. But he had Patrick Mahomes. He had Baker Mayfield briefly, but then he didn't want him after Baker dealt with injuries as a true freshman uh, walk-on quarterback there who started the first five games there. He instead takes Davis Webb, who turns out to get a chance in the NFL, but Davis Webb's not any good, and Baker Mayfield goes on once Heisman Trophy. And as we see, he just had his fifth-year option picked up by the Cleveland Browns after just taking them to the divisional round of the AFC playoffs this past year. He's 13-18-1 right now in Arizona with Kyler Murray and going into a pivotal 2021 season that's kind of where i'm going to compare matt rule now matt rule doesn't have number one quarterback uh overall player or whatever he doesn't have the bona fides as just this offensive genius now he has a guy on his, his coaching staff and joe brady who's supposed to be an offensive genius and we'll certainly see hopefully more of that this year christian mccaffrey healthy hopefully I think if we're going to try and just compare the college coaches. Now, Matt Rule is far more successful than Clifton Kingsbury. Never as successful as, of course, Nick Saban has been at Alabama and then at LSU prior to that. Or Steve Spurrier, who did not have success in the NFL to Washington uh, Redskins, now football team. I'm very interested to see kind of how things work out with Cliff Kingsbury. I think for the Carolina Panthers, it's always been about getting to that year three. It's taking that next step, that next progression for the Carolina Panthers. Eight, nine, nine, and eight would be where you want to see that at. And you're hoping that he doesn't make kind of the same mistakes that he made. Now, the quarterback situation, if Sam Darnold doesn't work out, then you're questioning, okay, again, why is this guy on your roster after you look at the evidence of the past that what Teddy Bridgewater suggested, he's not a franchise quarterback. He can be a game manager. You can win games with him if your roster's awesome like it was in Minnesota and New Orleans. And then with Sam Darnold, well, okay, fine, you put things around him, but is he a guy who can't stop turning the football over? We'll find out. I don't know whether Matt Rule is the right guy for the Carolina Panthers. He was someone who certainly, as I mentioned, I was interested in and found the Panthers hiring. Just looking at the evidence of college coaches, things don't typically turn out great for them. Now, if he needs to change the practice schedule and how they go about things, like Teddy Bridgewater said, and you can take a grain of salt if you want, we're kind of moving past it. There could be some valid criticism to that. And it's very hard for me to believe that Matt Rule, who seems to be pretty detail-oriented, would not be spending that much time on two-minute offense and red zone offense, particularly last season, when that was such an issue for the team. And now that's also something that could possibly go on Joe Brady, who is the one calling the plays and running this offense. 
So realistically, I don't know what we can expect from Matt Rule just yet. You want things to be better? You want him to feel more organized, more comfortable in year two? You have a legitimate GM next to him and a guy who's been around the league forever. Not to say Marty hadn't been around for a long time. But Scott Fitter clearly does things a lot differently than Marty Herney, and they seem to be on the same page, which is what I really like is that alignment within the organization. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen with Matt Rule here in 2021, as I set up to what I believe should be the big jump in 2022 for the Carolina Panthers. Now the Panthers are hoping to make a big jump also already this upcoming season from 5-11 to hopefully into the wild card or into the playoffs. So... What other pieces are they missing? A few signings as they made, so a few guys waived. What kind of competition could they bring in for some players? And is there one particular player with Seattle ties that could help the Carolina Panthers in 2021? I'll get to that in just a moment. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB. NBA, NHL, and your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Ever. They have nine delicious flavors and the occasional limited time flavor, including the nine options right now coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. Built bars are made for everyone. They're covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. Most built bars include 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Get your Built Bars today by going to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So the news that came out of rookie minicamp was that Matt Amendola, former Oklahoma State kicker, had been waived, meaning that Joey Sly remains the only kicker on the Carolina Panthers' current roster. So over the first two years with Panthers, Sly has only made 54 of 68 field goals, 79%, and 64 of 71 extra points. And he's had some untimely misses, which all kickers have. I went over yesterday when looking at special teams, why the Panthers made a massive mistake by letting Graham Cano go and having a kicker situation that is among one of the worst in the NFL and something that you do not want to have holding you back. Because you never realize your kicker situation is bad until you're talking about the kicker all the time which is something we're doing here in Carolina. Now, what are the options at this point? They're not great. I was looking around trying to figure out who the free agent kickers are that could actually be of some sort of assistance here in Carolina, somewhat of competition. Dan Bailey was really good with the Cowboys, but since then he's been pretty much washed. He's a free agent. Brett Maher, who replaced Dan Bailey in Dallas, wasn't great. Went to Arizona, wasn't really much better there. He's potentially available. Blair Walsh, known for the missed field goal in that playoff game, and where it's like sub 200 degrees up in Minneapolis outdoors with the Seahawks and Vikings. He's available, not really interested. Kai Forbath, it's been okay. No, there's not really any competition out there for Joey Sly, which just kind of makes it. All the more frustrating when it comes to veterans. Now, there could be some college guys potentially out there, but usually they're already taken at this point in time. 
in the offseason. The one name I look at and could think that they could potentially push Joey Sly is Sam Sloman. Sam Sloman came in last year for the Tennessee Titans when they were having issues with Stephen Goskowski, who had been really good in New England and aging. He's about 37 now. Was really up and down in Tennessee. Ended up having just an okay season, but one of his worst seasons. Probably, I think, his worst season. Sam Sloman came in for a little bit and made every kick for the Titans last year in a brief sample size. He's only 23 years old. He's young. I would assume that the Panthers might probably have him on their radar. That would be someone I think could actually come in here and give Joey Sly some competition. Does he have as big a leg as Joey Sly? Um, from what I've seen, it doesn't look like it. But is he more accurate? TBD. Panthers need to bring somebody in, and that would be someone to do that with. Now, also, some news. They, they waived linebacker Daniel Batuli from the University of Tennessee. Defensive tackle P.J. Johnson also was waived. And they've now signed defensive end Kendall Darnerson. And safety Delano Hill, who spent the past four years in Seattle after being drafted in the third round of the 2017 NFL Draft. Someone who has ties to Scott Fitterer. And this is one of the things I was talking about with safety. Having the questions, what's behind Justin Burris and Jeremy Chin? Sam Franklin, Kenny Robinson, do you want to be relying on those guys? Or would you rather rely on someone who's played in 42 games in Seattle, starting six of them? He only played two games last year, though, uh, going on injured reserve with a back issue. But there's a reason, though. I think that Scott Fitter wants him on this roster. He realizes that they need some sort of veteran presence at safety after letting Trey Boston go and then elevating Jeremy Chin to that starting spot after he spent the majority of the 2020 season playing linebacker. So I do like that move. Now, another Seattle player who's currently a free agent that I would like the Panthers to potentially kick the tires on is K.J. Wright. K.J. Wright, he's played in 144 NFL games. He started 140, all of them in Seattle. He's been a really good player. He's had multiple seasons with over 100 tackles. I mean, he's done a great job next to Bobby Wagner, who's been one of the best linebackers in the league, like the, with the likes of Luke Keekley, who is now retired and has since left the Panthers even as a scout. He's going to be 32, though, entering the season. Seattle, from all the reports I've read, whether it's been from John Clayton, who works out there for ESPN 710 Seattle, or from the local paper, the Seattle Times, the Seahawks have interest in bringing him back. Now, it's mid-May. It's past the draft, and they still have not done that. Now, there's a certain price that they want to bring K.J. Wright back at, and at 31, turning 32 in July, you're not going to really get a lot of money, especially this time in free agency, and really in free agency at all when the first play was going on because of that age. He's still a productive player. The Panthers, I know they like Shaq Thompson. They bring in Denzel Perryman, who's dealt with injuries the last couple years. You have Jermaine Carter Jr., Outside of that, when it comes kind of inside linebackers, there's not really that much. So, I mean, Chris Orr, sure, he's going to get a chance. Patty Fisher, who's at rookie minicamp, UDFA at Northwestern, he'll get a chance. Why not give a chance to K.J. Wright, who has already proven that he's a really good player in the NFL? He can't do enough for you for at least one season for the Panthers. It's not like they got to sign him to a multi-year deal. And Scott Fitter has a connection with him, having been in Seattle for the last 20 seasons. That's a player that I think the Carolina Panthers should absolutely take a look at if they want to add more veteran presence to their defense, which is already a young defense. And you have Shaq Thompson as kind of that veteran presence, but wouldn't you like to have another guy like that who's been around the league and he's been one of the better defensive players over the last decade in the NFL? I think so. So, Scott Fitterer, call your boy KJ Wright. 
All right, that wraps up another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. You can also check us out on Odyssey, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and pretty much everywhere you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where, starting right now, I'm going to need you to either tweet at me or DM me, because I'm going to need your questions for our weekly Friday mailbag that we're going to be doing throughout the rest of the offseason as we count down the days to the Carolina Panthers going down to Spartanburg, and it really... The days where the season's going to finally start with the Panthers taking on the New York Jets. Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold's replacement, week one, CBS, 1 o'clock, over on 800 South Mint Street at Bank of America Stadium. Can't wait for that to happen. Again, appreciate all the support, guys. Got another email about the numbers that we have so far on the podcast, and we are one of the uh, top grossing in terms of year-to-year podcasts. So the numbers from last year to this year, have gone up exponentially. So I thank you all for listening to me and supporting me, and I continue to try to give you the best I can. I'm going to continue to try and add more guests, especially as we get to the doldrums of the content cycle. There's only so much I can say about the Carolina Panthers every day. So I'm going to find more people to add some more perspective and continue to kind of look back at the draft class this past offseason and look ahead to the 2021 season. A couple ideas I got in my head that I want to incorporate over the next couple months before we finally get to training camp down in Spartanburg. Again, thank you all. Talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.